How's everybody doing? Good. Good time of worship. Amen. I want to talk uh, kind of as part of my introduction today about the interpretation of Scripture. And I think it's important as we are looking through First Thessalonians to understand what it means to interpret Scripture. And if you've ever been to a Bible study before, uh, you've probably heard someone read a verse or a passage, and then they ask the question, uh, what does that mean to you? Have you ever been to a Bible study and had that question asked, what does that mean to you? That's not the right question, actually. That actually, if you think about it for a moment, is very subjective in its, in its thought process. And when we come to the Bible, um, it's not a subjective word, it's an objective word. So it, it doesn't fluctuate, it doesn't mean this thing over here and that thing over here and this thing over here, and I mean, a couple thousand years ago it meant this thing, and a thousand years ago it meant this thing, but today it means this thing, No. So the right question is, what does this verse mean? Because personally, I don't care what it means to you. And, and you shouldn't care what it means to me. You should, you should care what it means. That's what you should care about. Now, I think if we try to be gracious to people, I think what they're trying to get at is that really they're confusing interpretation with application and really what they're saying is how does this verse apply to you how does it apply that's probably a better way to say it but when we just say what does this verse mean to you it's almost implying that well there's hundreds thousands millions of interpretations for each particular verse that's not true there's one meaning for whatever verse or passage that we're looking at can we mine and get tons of gold from it? Absolutely. Is there many applications? Certainly. But there's only one meaning. So one meaning, many applications. Why is this important? Because I don't know about you, but I want to listen to God. You want to listen to God? You guys want to listen to God? I want to listen to God. So when God instructs us, we listen. And when God instructs us, we obey. But we have to make sure we know what he's saying. So if, if we start saying, well, I'm going to interpret this way, and you're going to interpret that way, and this person's going to interpret this way, we're all going to be thinking God's saying all these different things when he's really not saying those things. So we're back to proper interpretation. We want to make sure whatever we're, we think we're hearing from God is from God. So we listen to God, but why do we listen to God? Here's, here's the thing. Listen to this. Because he writes the rules. I mean, think about that for a second. He writes the rules. And guess what? That's a good thing. All right? I don't want some of you guys, I don't want any of you guys writing the rules. You don't want me writing the rules. Why is that? Because we're imperfect. We're fallen. We're sinners. So if we want someone writing the rules for us to live by, standards for us to go by, even you parents, now some of you kids are probably thinking, well, my parents have rules. Yes, and hopefully, kids, they're basing that on the Word of God. 
those principles and truths, they've derived, not just because they think it'd be fun to do certain things, but they've derived it directly from the Word of God and are now taking that into their home and trying to develop a home and, and raise you up in accordance with it. Look at Psalm 145. Look at verse 17. It says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. So he's righteous in all his ways. We want the holy, the righteous, and the perfect God setting the rules because he won't mess up. He won't skew things. He won't just wing it or do what sounds fun or cool. He will do what is best. And guess what is best? Righteousness. Righteousness. That's what's best. God's righteousness. That is what's best. Look at Psalm 23. You guys have heard this psalm probably a hundred times. But I bet you've missed this part. Verse 3, it starts out, he restores my soul. And then it says, he leads me in paths of righteousness. The NIV says something similar. It says right paths. Same idea. Leads me in paths of righteousness. And look what it says he's doing this for. For his what? Namesake. For his namesake. What does that mean? He's doing it for himself. For his own glory. And guess what? What we do is for his own glory. Now, isn't it nice when what God's doing and what he wants us to do line up? I mean, that's how it should be. What God does is for his glory and what he's created us to do and live is supposed to be for his glory. So the purpose that God designed us for is his very own purpose to bring him the glory. Our aim is his aim. Now, a law that we're following right now, whether we want to or not, is gravity. Now, no one has an issue with gravity. People don't write books about gravity and how unjust it is for God to have gravity. How unjust it was for him to create it. You ever tried to fight gravity? Every day, right? You ever win? No. <clears throat> you fall off a ladder, right? Gravity wins. Have you ever tried? That's called the, the natural order is what we might call it. Some, some call it the natural law. You ever tried to fight God's moral order? Every day. You ever win? No. As the song goes, I fought the law and the law won. <laughs> so people write tons of books about why God's moral rules can be disobeyed. They do. I had a friend in high school, uh, her church denomination, church denomination wrote a booklet on why it was okay to have premarital sex. Seriously. I'm not kidding. Church denomination. So people try to upend God's moral law. God has a natural law. He has a moral law. We are bound to both of them. Now, why do people try to upend them? They want to write the rules. But God is the one who writes the rules. There was a popular song that came out a few years ago uh, called Believer. 
by Imagine Dragons. Some of you guys know that group. Some of you are like, Imagine Dragons? <laughs> That's right, I'm more in the second group. <laughs> but it says, don't you, here's one of the lines, I want you to hear this. Don't you tell me what you think that I could be. I'm the one at the sale. I'm the master of my sea. What's that saying? Like, I'm, I'm calling the shots. I make the rules. I'm in charge. Basically, I don't care what you had to say. What does he say right there? Don't you tell me what you think that I could be. Don't try to put me in a box. I'm independent. I'm free. I don't care what you had to say. I'm in charge. I'll decide my own fate and future. This attitude goes completely against the idea of what it means for us to be believers and to be dependent on God. And that is why one of the things that we're, well, the main thing we're looking at today is prayer. And prayer requires us to have a dependency and a humility. A dependency and a humility. So it's the opposite of our attitude when we talk about prayer. Prayer shows our dependency on another, and it shows we're not truly independent. None of us are truly independent. Now, last week we looked at giving thanks to God, and this is in the broader context of prayer. I want us to see three things about prayer today. It should be constant, it should be consistent, and it should be purposeful. Let's look at being constant in prayer. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Verse 2, it says, We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. The NIV says continually mentioning, and NASB kind of moves that word constantly towards the end. It's still the same idea. Constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Now, here's the thing. This word isn't just thrown in there for no reason, constantly. It's used by God to impress upon us what our attitude should be with prayer. Constant. 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 In fact, this word appears a few times in 1 Thessalonians. Look at one chapter over. I want you to see it. It's the same idea. 1 Thessalonians 2. Verse 13, and we also thank God constantly. That's that same Greek word. And look a couple chapters over, 517. I know we looked at it last week. We're going to look at it again. It's that real short verse. Verse 17, pray without what? Ceasing. It's that same Greek word. Basically, pray constantly. And, and Paul doesn't just, he's not just writing to the Thessalonians and, oh, I need, to, I need to think of something to say. I need to think of something to slip in there right at the beginning in the very first, second verse of the book. No, this is woven throughout. But it's not just in First Thessalonians that he's encouraging people to be constant and consistent and purposeful in prayer. It's through a number of his books that you see this theme. And guess what? When something's important to you, what do you do? You talk about it. You mention it. Look at Romans chapter 1. 
He says this, for God is my witness, verse 9, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers. That same word again, constantly, without ceasing. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. Paul, this is, this is a theme in his letters of constantly praying. God is wanting to impress upon us to be constant in prayer. What does this look like? Well, it's not babbling along endlessly. That's not the idea. Matthew uh, 6, it's Jesus talking, and he's like, When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. It's not just just babbling along endlessly. It's being purposeful with your prayer. And it doesn't mean every single minute you're praying. That's just not possible. You couldn't couldn't do any entertainment. You you couldn't eat. You couldn't really carry on a conversation with somebody. You'd have to be literally praying. So what does it mean to be constant in prayer, to pray without ceasing? It means to persist in in prayer to persevere in it we do it and we keep doing it and we keep doing it and we keep doing it my youngest son uh the other day came in uh to my room and he's been bugging me to play a certain video game and i've been like no and then like 15 minutes later he came back in i'm like no (laughs) and then like 15 minutes later he came back in no I'm like, and don't ask me again today. So then the next day, <laughs> how about that video game? And he kept coming back. Finally, I was like, son, if you ask me one more time, I'm going to add a year to whatever time I determine that you're going to get to play that video game. He, did, he didn't give up, right? He's persistent. One theologian said it like this. Stay at it. Be devoted to it. Don't give up or slack off. Be Habitual, So it should be a regular, reoccurring part of your daily life. It's not like, oh, I, I, feel, I, I feel like praying, or oh, it, it's a convenient time to pray. It's not when you got a little bit of extra time. No, it's persistent, constant, continual. Friends, you know, the Muslims, they pray three times a day. They got, you know, morning, afternoon, evening. But, but that's not us. That's just three times a day. We want to be walking in a spirit of prayer. A spirit of prayer. Hopefully, as you all are going throughout your day, you're talking to the Lord. You're asking him for things. Maybe it's at uh, a red light. Maybe it's when someone comes to you, one of your kids comes to you with a, a question and you're trying to figure out, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to respond. You're asking him for insight. You're asking him for wisdom. Maybe it's, you know, you look outside and you're driving to work and you see the, the sun cut, coming up and you're, you're praising the Lord how, how glorious his creation is. So it's not just three times a day. No, it's, it's the idea of constant. In our prayer, back in Jesus' time, the Greeks, 
they'd pray to their deities and and they'd ask them for things but they'd try to bargain with the deities you know and they'd be praying to whichever particular deity they wanted favor with you know mercury or neptune or zeus or whoever it might be but but their prayers back then included actually an argument with the deity of why that particular deity should answer the request and usually the argument included like why the person the individual was so great they had done something they had done something for the deity they had given money or whatever listen that that kind of reminds me of the parable that jesus told with the sinner the tax collector and the pharisee right like lord i thank you i'm not like that person therefore you should listen to me why because i'm so great that that's not how our prayer is that's not how we pray it's not because we're great it's because god is great it's not because of who we are it's because of who he is so god doesn't doesn't owe us anything don't pray like the greeks don't try to argue god into doing something just he's your heavenly father like go go make requests to him be constant in those and just talk to him this might come as a little well just listen to what i have to say here we dishonor god when we don't pray i want you to think about that for a second we dishonor god when we don't pray all relationships suffer without regular focused attention how much more so our relationship with god when we neglect it so we have to make time in our day to give him focused attention so yes pray at the red light pray when you're driving to work pray when your kids come to you pray when you're about to get into an argument or you're in an argument with your spouse i mean do that but we got to set some time aside to just focus you and the lord and it's a dishonor to not pray because we're making a statement to god about what we believe about him it's like a little doctrinal statement no i'm good god no i don't need you god i'll just i'll just i'll just tap on your shoulder when when something's pressing me so we want to be constant in prayer why well god hears us i mean think about that god of the universe your heavenly father hears your prayers but two he didn't he didn't just hear them he responds to them he responds to the prayers of his children and we have a relationship with him that we want to cultivate you guys want to cultivate your relationship with the lord you want to grow you want to get closer to him you want to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our lord jesus christ i do god uses prayer to accomplish that it shows that we really and truly depend on him a person who is praying is making a statement of faith that they are dependent upon god that they need him you're communicating something to him when you pray one that he's important two that you trust him and three that you need him but you're also communicating something to yourself think about it for a second you're communicating something you're communicating you can't do it without him you aren't depend you are dependent on him and three your life is not under your own control 
He is in control, and you rely heavily on him for everything. I got a phone call the other day. It was actually my day off. I got a phone call, um, and it was from this uh, elderly lady who I've, I've helped a couple times, um, her and her husband. But I, and, and so it showed up on my caller ID, and so I knew who it was. I answered the phone, and she's like, there's water spraying everywhere in my house. I'm like, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? She's like, I don't know. There's a broken pipe, and there's just water just squirting everywhere. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll be right over. So I get over there, and she's like, the water department was just here. We didn't know how to do. We didn't know what to do, so we just had them turn off the water. I'm like, oh boy. I go in their basement, and there's like, there's there literally is water just everywhere, it's everywhere, all over the carpet. I go into the area where she said the leak was coming from, and it's coming from uh, the hot water heater, and uh, one of the fittings had basically uh, broken. And so, I mean, there's like water on the ceiling, water on the ground, water on the wall. Like, if you would have gone in there with like a garden hose, you couldn't have gotten more water everywhere. It was just everywhere. <clears throat> it's crazy how when, you know, just this, even the, the tiniest of, of pinpricks in a pipe, a water pipe, I mean, it's just shooting everywhere. So, I'm like, okay, you know, they got the water off. I'm like, you need to call a plumber because I, I don't know how to mess with that. Um, you need to get a plumber in here, but I can clean up the water. So praise the Lord, they had a little shop vac. And I ended up cleaning up 30 gallons of water. Now, you might think, oh, 30, you know, when you think about swimming pools, they got like hundreds of gallons or even thousands of gallons. You're like 30 gallons. Okay, if you don't think 30 gallons of water is a lot, like just take one of your empty, you know, gallon jugs of milk and fill that up 30 times and just dump it in the same place. Because that's what happened. So I'm, I'm cleaning it up. I'm cleaning it. It's all in the carpet, you know, so I'm cleaning it up. And as I'm cleaning it up, she had stepped outside for a moment. And um, the husband, he's like on oxygen. He's got the little thing and everything. And uh, I'm like cleaning it up, and I hear him yell, help! And I'm like, like, I like, did I just hear him yell something? And I didn't realize she was outside. And so I, I like start to work again, and he's like, help! I'm like... So I like stop what I'm doing. I like start running upstairs because I'm like something's wrong. He's not in the greatest of health, and he's got uh, they got one of them staircases where you walk up it and then it's got like a little half landing and then you you turn and you walk up the rest of the way. He's like he's like on the landing, you know, trying to get up the rest of the of the steps. And I'm like, what's wrong? I'm like freaking out, you know. This dude's on oxygen and everything. He's like, and he looks at me. He's like, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm like. Are you sure? He's like, I'm okay. I'm, all right. I go back downstairs, cleaning up the water, and as soon as she walks in the door, he's like, help! <laughs> I guess he just wanted her to help out get up the stairs. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> here's the thing. Here's my application with that story. You call on the right person when you need help. You call on the right person when you need help. When water is spraying everywhere, who do you call? <laughs> Apparently, you call me. <laughs> but a plumber is the right person for that job, okay? When your house is on fire, who do you call? Fire department. When you're sick with a fever, who do you call? Dep depends on how old you are, okay? You call your mom, 
or you call your wife, okay? <laughs> then you call your doctor. Um, one of the cool things, just a side note, one of the cool things after I got done cleaning everything up, I, I shared the, I've shared the gospel with these people a little bit before, but I went into a little bit longer ex- explanation with them. And um, I was just telling them, you know, I'm not out here doing this to get to heaven. I'm out here because I'm already going to heaven. And I want to be an example to other people of just like how Jesus would be. And I just, you know, gave them a, a gospel presentation and, and talked to them. And, you know, they had told me they went to church and everything. It was pretty neat, though, because at the end, um, the gentleman, the, the, the elderly gentleman was, uh, looked at me. He's like, that's, that's the best news I've heard today. I'm like, well, with your pipes leaking everywhere, it, it ought to be for sure. But it was cool. I mean, he said that in, in all sincerity. So you call on the right person when you need help. As a child of God, when we have an issue, our first thought should be to call upon God. And I like what it says in in Genesis. Actually, go ahead and look there. Look at Genesis chapter 4. So this is after Adam and Eve have been kicked out of the garden. Goes down to verse 25, Genesis 4. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth. For she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. Verse 26, to Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. And I just think that's good, because it's like God brought like a little revival even in the early Days of humanity. People began to call upon the name of the Lord. And we need that revival ourselves in our own prayer lives, in our own walk with the Lord. And, you know, I had to train myself to think like that in my early years of being saved, in my early years of walking with Christ. Like I'd get through a situation and dealing with the situation, I was like, dude. I didn't even bring the Lord into that situation. Like, I didn't even talk to him or ask for his input or ask for his advice. Whether it was like an emergency situation or, or something that went on for a little bit longer. Like, and I'd kind of kick myself a little bit. You know, I was growing. But I, I was like, I need to bring in the Lord and call upon him at the very beginning of that situation. And get him involved and ask people to pray and ask people, you know, to be uh, surrounding it in prayer and myself as well, just putting the Lord front and center at that situation. Here's the thing, friends. Some of us treat prayer like a heavy winter coat. You only use it when you really need it. And let's not be like that. Let's not be like that. Let's be constant in prayer. And let's persist in prayer. Let's be diligent in prayer. Let's stay at it. Let's walk in the spirit of prayer. And what I'd like to do is we're going to open up the mic here to have a time of prayer. Where we can thank the Lord for things. We can praise him for things. We can offer up requests individually and corporately because I want us to be a church about prayer.
that, that that verse, people began to call upon the name of the Lord, that we're calling upon the name of the Lord in season and out of season at all times. So I'm going to wrap up in prayer as I'm doing that. The worship team is going to come on up. And then the mic is here. You can come forward and pray. Father, we thank you that we can call upon your name. We thank you that you hear our prayers and you respond to them. Lord, let us be people of prayer that walk in a spirit of prayer, that persevere in prayer, that are constant in prayer. And Lord, we truly do need you every second. We need you, Lord. We acknowledge and confess our dependence upon you. We acknowledge, Lord, that every breath we have comes from you. And we thank you, Father, that you are good to give us the gift of life. We thank you, Lord, that you're not just our God, you're our Heavenly Father. That we are children of the King. And that we can come to our Father and present you our requests. And Lord, we praise you. We lift up your name. You are truly glorious. You are truly awesome. You and you alone deserve all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. We are privileged, Lord, to be a part of your kingdom. We are privileged to be adopted into your family. We thank you for doing that for your namesake. We thank you, Lord, that you are glorified in our lives, and we ask that you would continue to be so. We pray this through your son, Jesus. Prayer. I've had plenty of opportunity to uh, need prayer, grow through prayer. My nature would be to start with uh, Ephesians 6.18, but I can't start there. Finally, my brothers, my, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And this is it. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. 
Father God, I thank you so much for your Holy Spirit, for your word, uh, that if we go to it, we'll uh, hold us up. God, I'm thankful for uh, my family, my family here at Liberty. God, prayer has strengthened me and given me relationships, um, uh, right relationships. Father, I I have strong bonds with uh, men that I've come together with uh, in prayer because we have many reasons to pray. God, I pray, I thank you for those reasons that draw us to you. God, today I uh, encourage each of us uh, to draw close to you uh, with the help of your spirit through prayer. Father, thank you for uh, being real and there for us uh, that we just call on you. God, I thank you for all that you've uh, strengthened me with. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful that you pursue me, that you pursue us, that you pursue us as a church when we're messed up and when we rebel against you again and again and again. God, we don't deserve a God like you. We don't deserve a love like yours. And yet you freely lavish it on us as your adopted children. God, uh, I know that for many, just coming to church this morning um, was a hard decision. God, even for me, I struggled yesterday, you know, with just a lot of different things, and um, the desire wasn't there to come to church this morning. But your Holy Spirit strengthened me to get here, and I thank you for that, uh, for every single one of us, that you helped us to push through and have the strength to step out of our house and into this church building where we can gather with a community of believers who love you and will encourage and uplift each other. And God, I pray that you would continue to give us the strength to do that because we can't do that on our own. It's way easier just to say, no, I'm tired, I'm sick, I haven't been there for a while, what's one more week, God? But that is um, just the devil speaking again and again, um, trying to keep us from having this um, incredible community, this place where you have called us to be your hands and feet together to each other and to um, outside of the walls of the church. And so, God, I just thank you for um, helping me to be able to get off the fence and get here this morning and for everyone else here, Lord. And I pray that you would help us um, to recognize the spiritual warfare when it exists, especially on Saturdays before church, Lord, um, to recognize when things come up. Um, Yes, it's our flesh, but also it's spiritual warfare And the devil does not want us communing together with each other because this is a special place every Sunday where we get to be together and grow together. So God, help us to continue to get up on Sunday mornings and to get here because God, we know that you have things to say to us again and again. And that's through your word, through um, the musical worship, through offertory, through um, fellowship and relationship with people here from the sermon. God, there are so many ways you speak to us. Help us to um, remember how important it is to be here, Lord, and to give us the strength to continue to meet together. You shall put this altar in front of the veil that is near the Ark of the Testimony, in front of the mercy seat that is over the Ark of the Testimony, where I will meet with you. Aaron shall burn fragrant incense on it. 
He shall burn it every morning when he trims the lamps. When Aaron trims the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense. There shall be perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, we confess that as Mike has admonished this morning, and as you told Moses and Aaron, Father, we're guilty of not having constant prayer, a constant attitude of prayer. And Father, I just uh, confess that to you this morning. And Father, I confess my own, for my own self that too often uh, I try to solve things through the, the power and might of myself and not go to you. Father, uh, I confess that sin to you. God, I just pray that, Lord, this morning you would prick our hearts to spend time in prayer, to be in constant prayer, a constant attitude of prayer. Father, in the little things and in the, the big things of life, that, God, you would just uh, call us to prayer. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just work in our hearts. And, Father, may we hear that call. And, uh, Lord, as we're drawn to your word, may we also be drawn to you in prayer and just uh, pour out our hearts before you. You are a loving Heavenly Father. God, you care, you know. And, Father, you just want us to, to talk to you, to pour out our hearts to you. And so, Father, I pray for... Uh, for each person here this morning, each person at this church, God, that we will be drawn to prayer. In your name we pray. God, I just want to publicly just repent also just for for lacking in that habitual prayer, Father God. I just feel like in my life it's always a consequence of something. Like if something happens, oh, I come to you. But God, I just want to pray right now that we would all get that habit of just coming to you even just with praise and worship, Father God, just worshiping for who you are, worshiping you for keeping us safe, waking us up in the morning, Father God, and just also just sitting and listening to what you have to speak to us, Father God. I pray that we would not only bring our requests to you, Father God, but that we would also be able to be still in our spirits and in our our bodies, Father God, that we would give you that undistracted time, to speak to us, Father God, to lead us, to tell us of those secret things, to tell us of your incredible wisdom that that is far beyond anything that we could ever do on our own, Father God. I just pray that starting today, starting now, and I commit right now, Father God, just to giving you that time, giving you that time to worship you, to praise you, Father God, just to sing your praises and just to sit and bask in your glory and in your love, Father God. Your love will carry us through so many battles. God, if we would just soak ourselves in it daily, Father God. And so I do commit to doing that, Father God. I pray that each of us, that your Holy Spirit would lead us to a time and a place, Father God, to create that habit, to create that lifestyle of prayer, Father God, of listening, of listening to you and being led by your Spirit. In Jesus' name. Colossians 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Praying at the same time, as well as something else, as for us, we all, that God will open a door to us for the word so that we may speak forth the majesty, the mystery of Christ for which I have also been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most 
of opportunities. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Father, I just want to lift your name up and who you are and what you've done in our lives. Father, I thank you for, as we've been going through the book on discipleship, And Lord, on my heart is that I just need a bigger heart for other people. That I need a heart for your gospel. I need a heart to be able to, for the desire to speak into other people's lives, to disciple. Father, that part of my prayer daily would be to remember to look for those opportunities to share not only the gospel, but in the body of Christ to speak into each other's lives as we teach and build each other up. And Father, are we doing that? Am I doing that as I should? Father, that you would just show me where my heart is, that it isn't just about me. It's about your gospel and it's about the body of Christ. And even Paul, Lord, uh, just asked for, you know, to pray to that they would see those opportunities. And Father, that I, part of my daily prayer would be just to open the day with, Father, if there's an opportunity to speak into someone's life or talk about the gospel, Lord, help me to be alert and walking in the Spirit daily, that your Spirit may speak to me at a certain moment and, and go as as you would have us lead, and, 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 and to just literally walk by your Spirit daily, Lord, in a more closer relationship, not just about our own personal needs, but the people around us, to be a true servant for you and a heart for you. Oh, Lord God, I just want to thank you for the gift of prayer. God, it, just thinking about that, if we didn't have a way to communicate with you, how horrible would that be? And yet, the God of all gods, the creator of all things, cared enough about each and every one of us to give us a way to communicate with him. And so many times we just take that for granted. We just think, I can talk to him whenever, you know. If I need something, I'll connect with you. But, God, this is such a gift, such a beautiful, beautiful gift you've given us. Please let us realize how wonderful a gift it is that God Almighty wants to communicate with us. I pray, God, that we will communicate. And I pray a prayer of thanks for everyone who prays to God to be shown what their gift is, and then uses that gift. I pray especially for all those who um, go out as missionaries into the world, whether it be their neighbor or whether it be across the world. They use that gift that you've given them. I pray for them that you will prepare them for whatever person or persons that they are to connect with. And I pray for the people that they will be connecting with, that they will hear your word and be moved to know you and and to repent and to 
have faith in you and, and accept your wonderful gifts. You have so many gifts for us, and I'm thankful for every one of them. But mostly I'm thankful for the gift of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, you are our God, and we do praise you. We thank you for being with us, for walking with us, for giving us your spirit to fill us. Lord, we acknowledge that you are so good to us and that we love you. Thank you for the gift of your son and the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.